Yeah, amen. Right. Just excuse me while I kind of uh, get myself together. We're going to read from, uh, from Judges uh, chapter 6, uh, starting at verse 1, in a little while. Um, I kind of, uh, I, I was telling Jeff, I gave heads up to Jeff last week uh, that we were going to read this, except that I, I bewildered him at first because I said, uh, oh, it's going to be Gideon chapter 6. And he kind of he kind of looked at me, and I just said, it's, it's my new Bible that I'm writing myself. Just thought I would, you know. Yeah, so it's Judges, Judges chapter 6. Okay, right. It's been a funny sort of morning, hasn't it? I think it's been pretty cool. Who thinks it's been good? Yeah, that's feeble. Rubbish. Okay. Do you know, you never know what's going to happen on today, do you? Just do not know. So uh, I'm going to read this bit and stop waffling. Okay, so it's about Gideon. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds, the sort of thing that Mark likes to do actually. He likes making little mountain clefts and things. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern peoples invaded the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count the men and their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. When the Israelites cried to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I snatched you from the power of Egypt and from the land of all your oppressors. I drove them from before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live. But you haven't listened to me. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah, that belonged to Joash the Aberezrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But sir, Gideon replied, If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the land of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? But Lord Gideon asked, How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites together. Gideon replied, If now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Okay. You know, I was really, I know 
that God wants me to talk about Gideon and this, what was going on with Gideon. What I didn't realise, what I didn't realise is that some lady at Cherish called Patricia Shira, Priscilla, I don't care, you know, <laughs> that, that she, she has the audacity to go and talk about Gideon, this very, this very chapter, oh yes, um, like big international speaker, am I right? Oh good, right, yeah, great, okay, and uh, like she's American, she comes over, speaks to all these people, that's great, um, oh, oh yeah, and Elaine has told me how good she was. Yeah, well, give me your opinion on her. She was very good indeed. Very good indeed. Oh, good. Do you know how happy that makes me? Ah, oh, bless, bless. Isn't that nice? Well, well, listen, listen. Do you know, I think God has got an incredible sense of humour, okay? I, I really do. You'll, you'll find out as we go along. Did, who put that there? I didn't even see that go there. Did I put that there? I don't even know. I didn't see. Right, so seven, what I want to talk about is ordinary and extraordinary this morning, okay? Because I, I reckon I'm fairly ordinary, you know, I, I'm not special, I'm not, I'm not doing myself down here, I'm just, you know, I was brought up on this estate, you know, which I think is pretty cool, and uh, my mum worked in the hospital laundry down Muschamp Road, I don't know if anyone remembers the hospital laundry down Muschamp Road. Yeah, there you go. And she worked there. And my dad had jobs on and off, on and off, when he wasn't getting sacked from one and then he'd go to another and stuff like that. So I, I fairly ordinary. I went to Greenrise Lane School. Nothing special. But, you know, I, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about ordinary, extraordinary. Okay, so the time that Gideon was around for seven years... Seven years, the Israelites had had these people, the Midianites, the Amalekites, coming down and taking all their livestock, all, their, all the stuff that they grew, all their food, and, and they would take it, you know, rob them of it, go away, next year come back again, nick the lot. If you've ever seen the film Magnificent Seven, same thing happened there, but there you are, go and watch it, find out. Anyway... So that was happening all the time. For seven years, this is going on. And uh, they were so poor that they cried out to God to come and help them. Now, this is interesting because, of course, the reason things were happening to them is because they were just forgetting God. Uh, they weren't bothered with God anymore. They were, they were following the gods of the people around them. They'd forgotten what God had done for them, and they looked around at the, the culture that was about them, and they'd got absorbed and pulled into that, and they'd totally ignored God. In fact, God sent a prophet to them to tell them exactly what was going on. The prophet came and he said, this is happening because you have forgotten everything I've done for you, all the stuff I've done for you. Now, you would think then that they would sort of sort this out, but from what Gideon said, uh, they just left it. They just ignored it. They didn't care. Um, 
So there they were, going around, impoverished, poor, not much leadership going on. It was a really, really, really bad time. But they began to get used to it. I, I think they just kind of fell into it. Oh, well, we'll, we'll just go along with this. Uh, they, they carried on worshipping the gods of, around them, taking from the culture that was about them. And I just think, initially, I, I just want to say, this is a fairly ordinary thing. It sounds a bit extreme, maybe, you know, being robbed by Midianites. But, you know, we've all got Midianites. Um, there are always people around or things around that are going to pull at us, that are going to have a go at us, that are going to drag us down. Also, I mean, it's actually a normal situation. If you go back in history, this, was happening all, this happens all the time. It's happened to our country, other countries. It's happening now in other parts of the world. There's nothing new in this. It's ordinary in a way. But you know, the whole thing is that in what is a fairly ordinary thing where things aren't always what you want them to be, what could make it extraordinary is if you didn't forget our extraordinary God. See, that's the point. What they'd done is they'd forgotten their extraordinary God. They'd forgotten what he'd done for them. We need to keep track of God. Does that, that sounds weird? Does that sound odd? So, you know, we do. Because I, I, I think, you know, Amanda testified about that. You know, that she'd kind of lost track of God for a while. You know, other things get in the way, don't they? We have an extraordinary God, but sometimes we treat him like part of an ordinary life. Yeah. Hey, don't do that. Yeah. Hey, we've got an extraordinary God. Let's live extraordinary lives in an extraordinary world with our extraordinary God. I don't want to be living in an ordinary world. I want a God world where I see through the eyes of God. So that when I see stuff, I'm seeing it from God's point of view. And then it becomes extraordinary because things begin to happen. And it, because if you have a kind of ordinary world. The tendency is you fall into having ordinary days. Okay? I'll stick that down there. So we come to Gideon at work. Now, uh, it's a farming community and Gideon's, Gideon works for his family and it's the time of year of the wheat harvest. And uh, what I think is this, you see, I think Gideon got up in the morning, ordinary day, you know, I just like get, I got up this morning, and it was normal Sunday, just coming out here, and he got up, and uh, I don't know if dad had told him that the night before, or whether when he went down, he said, what's my job today, dad, and, uh, and so his dad said, um, right, you're doing the threshing today, okay, uh, for those who don't know, threshing is where you get the wheat and you separate the chaff and the, uh, from the seeds and you bash it with a great big thing called a flail. So you can really work out your aggressions. You'd like it, you'd like it Phil, you could get a good old wallop, you know what I mean? 
And, uh, and so that was his job. And, and he had done it before. I mean, he was a farmer's son. He'd done all that kind of stuff. It was that time of year. That's what you do at that time of year. So he just went down. It was an ordinary day. Not much, you know. The only thing strange about it is because he was going to do the threshing, which you would normally give yourself a bit of space, you know, because you're going to swing this thing around. Or sometimes you'd use oxen if you were quite well off, and they would trample it down. Sounds a bit weird to me, but that's what he did. Um, but no, he did it in a wine press. Now, the normal wine presses in Palestine at that time would just be, it would be dug out, normally in the side of a, a, of a, a hill, and they would dig out in the rock a great big kind of vat thing that they could stick the grapes in and, and trample it about. Okay, Dave would be good at that because he could do that, you see, and that would be good. But this is where, you know, it, it wasn't that big. There wouldn't be that much room, and, but it would, hide, it would hide Gideon and all that wheat from the Midianites. So he's in there and he's thrashing away. And this has become normal life. Hide stuff from the Midianites. Don't let them see what you're doing. And, and, you know, it's just another day, another day, just an ordinary day. And then I, I just love what happens, because the Bible just says this. This is, well, I can't stress how much it's an ordinary day. In fact, I'm going to tell you a little story. There was a girl called Jo, right? And Jo, this is a true story. Jo was uh, born in St. Helier Hospital. She lived locally. And... Uh, she went to school one day and she knew that partway through the day there'd be a chance for her to, uh, to have a test out. Um, some people were coming uh, and they wanted to test, see how good the, the girls, because it was a girls' school, how good their endurance was, you know, whether they had kind of a bit of strength and whatever. And they were going to run them through some tests. So on this ordinary day, um, Joe goes to school, just like any other day, gets on the bus, has a, you know, she's had her breakfast and all the rest of the stuff. And uh, let's see if I can do this, because this is technical. See, I'm using an iPad, everybody. Isn't that good? Yeah, don't, don't, don't knock it, don't knock it. I'm good, right? Just don't talk among yourselves, because I've got it sorted. Um, so... Jo goes to school and she presumably does lessons and stuff and then it comes the chance for her to have this kind of test. It's a true story. And Jo goes and has this test and they test her endurance, they test strength, along with all her friends and stuff like that. She's quite good at athletics so they say to her, um, do you know what, would you come and do more training with us and we'll, we'll give you a little bit of a test out and see how you're doing because we think that you could be part of our development course. So she says, okay. And this is what happens from that ordinary day that Joanna Shand, Joanna Rousel Shand, her greatest successes were the gold medals won in the women's team pursuit at the 2012 London Olympics 
and the 2016 Rio Olympics, as well as five world champion titles, four in the team pursuit, plus one in the individual pursuit at the 2014 World Championships. She's a reigning Olympic and European champion in the team pursuit and reigning Commonwealth champion in the individual pursuit. She currently holds the world records in the three kilo kilometer and four kilometer team pursuit. She did that on the back of an ordinary day. Okay? That came on the back of an ordinary day. And while Gideon, on an ordinary day, was threshing in the wine press, the angel of the Lord came and sat down. Don't ignore the ordinariness of that. Do you know what I mean? You, you kind of think, yeah, come on. On an ordinary day, an angel, the angel of the Lord, the presence of God, comes down to Gideon. Do you know that can happen to you? While you're, while you're there, you know, any day can turn extraordinary with God. There is no ordinary day unless you make it ordinary. Okay? If you've got an extraordinary God, you can have extraordinary days. Every day when you get up... She, Joanna... Rousel did not know what was going to come of getting up on that day. Who knows what's going to happen to you when you get up? It's up to you to be open because God is there waiting to speak to you. Gideon, Gideon, Gideon didn't get up saying, hey, you know what? Today is going to be a really special, important day. He didn't know. It, it, was just, it just came it was a day, an ordinary day made extraordinary by the presence of God. Your ordinary day can be made extraordinary by the presence of God. Okay? You know, I, I like this. I'm going to pass this on for you so you can uh, use it. You know, every day has got a why in it. Why should any day be ordinary? Okay? Just you, think about that. So when you get up, every day has a why in it. Why should any day be ordinary? Make your days extraordinary by linking up with your extraordinary God. Don't settle for ordinary. Why? It's not worth it. Okay. Because our God has a surprising habit of showing up with surprising news in unusual situations to people we would least expect, including ourselves. You know? Because this is Gideon, he, a middling family, had people working for them, but weren't that posh. Gideon was doing the physical, hard, dusty work of threshing. Probably the youngest in the family, in a culture that respected seniority in the family. And he doesn't think he's anything special. And, and this stranger who turns up, looks at him and says, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And, and Gideon does two things that we all tend to do. And... Uh, he says, but, but, whoa, wait a minute, look at me. He looks at the situation uh, and he, sa he says, uh, the Lord's with me? Look at all this stuff, look what's around. Look around. That's what people do. We look around at our circumstances and measure God by that. Come on. 
measure the circumstances by God, not the other way around. And, and that's what he was doing. He was measuring God by the circumstances instead of the circumstances by God. We tend to do that. And then he looks at himself. I'm the least in my family. We are the, I was going to say the smallest clan. I'm going to say the least important clan so as not to give Dave too much material to work with. We are, he said, we're the least important clan in the least important tribe, Manasseh. Now, Manasseh, let me tell you, Manasseh wasn't even a full tribe of Israel. It was a half-tribe, okay? Do you ever feel like a half-tribe? Everyone else is special, but not me. Uh-huh. He was in the half-tribe of Manasseh, but worse, worse. And I think this will resonate with a few people, okay? When, when Joseph took... Manasseh and his brother Ephraim to be blessed by his father, what happened was this. Uh, it's difficult to do with a microphone. So Ephraim was brought to the right hand of Joseph's father to be blessed because Ephraim was the oldest. Manasseh, no, sorry, Manasseh was brought to the right hand. Get it right, Bob. And because Manasseh was the oldest, Ephraim brought to the left hand, the right hand of blessing, the left hand of you get what's left, okay? That's basically how it worked in, in Israel, okay? Right hand of blessing, left hand, you get what's left, okay? So, Joseph brings them, my son Ephraim, my son Manasseh, Manasseh's the oldest. Jacob does this. Crosses his hands. He passes over Manasseh. Manasseh is the passed over son. He passes over Manasseh and blesses Ephraim with his right hand. Joseph is not pleased, but that's the way it works. Do you ever feel passed over? Have you ever been passed over, rejected? I've heard that a few times this morning in our testimonies. You feel passed over? This is Gideon. This is Gideon, but that's not God's view. God's view is this. You're a mighty warrior. Never mind about passed over. Never mind about being unfairly treated. Never mind being not the most important. You are a mighty warrior. That's what I think of you. You are not ordinary. You are extraordinary. You can imagine it. He's just thinking, what? You might be thinking to yourself, and uh, as time's going, I just want the message to get across. You know, no one here is ordinary. You, you have God in you. This is what, this is what um, God said to him. He said, go in the strength you have and save Israel. Go in the strength you have. Gideon had a lot of strength. He hadn't really thought about it because he hadn't really used it for God in any special way. But you think about it, there he is whacking day after day, whacking down this wheat as he's threshing. He must have had muscles like something else. And he's a farm boy. He's working, he's doing all this kind of stuff. He's got strength that he doesn't even know about until God comes along and can use it. 
Go in the strength you have and save Israel. Because what you've got, what each one of you have got, God can use. You just don't know it yet. You are not ordinary. You are extraordinary. And you have things in you that God has put in there that he can use. And he says, I'm sending you. You know, if you listen to God, if you hear God and you don't ignore God, if he sends you, you've got him with you. He says, I will be with you. See, that's what Gideon had messed out as well. He was thinking, I'm not that strong. God had given him the strength that he needed to do what God wanted him to do. And God was going to go with him. I can't think of anything better. Put all that together. It's brilliant, isn't it? I want you to go. I've given you the strength you need. And I'm going with you. Isn't that cool? I think it is. (laughs) But I do like Gideon because he needs reassurance. He still says, but actually... um, can I have a sign just so I know it really is you I'm dealing with? And uh, I like that because Gideon is going to do amazing things. And I'm going to do a couple more talks about Gideon as well. He's going to do some amazing things as we find out. But he's still a bit insecure. I felt pretty much like that when I was told all about this uh, Priscilla, Priscilla, Shira, whoever she is whoever she is, because you kind of think, who am I? Who am I? I'm, I'm nothing important. I, I'm not a big speaker, and, and I'm going to speak to some ladies as well who have heard this cool speaker speaking about the bit that I'm going to speak on. But you know what? And I told this to Judith ages ago, God wants me to speak about Gideon. Do you know what that means? It means he sent me, he's with me, and he's given me what I need to do it. Okay? And that goes for every single one of you. When you hear what God wants you to do, and you do it, he gives you the strength and he goes with you. Okay? And he does that whoever you are. You don't have to be posh and important and famous. Hey, and you don't have to make a big kind of show either. Gideon did his thing. And we're going to hear more about that. But each one of us, each one of us has an important part to play. Something was said earlier on today, and I'm going to finish with this because I think this is important. I know there are people here who have had hurts in their lives. People here have had difficulties and, and, and that. And, and Gideon was in that kind of world. But, uh, you know, some people look at a building like this and they, they talk about behaving in the house of God, you know, and uh, they talk about that kind of thing. And this is the house of God, you should share respect and whatever. Shall I tell you what? This isn't the house of God. Huh? This is the house of God. Okay? This is the house of God. You are the house of God. We are the house of God. Yeah? And I just want to tell you, Just use the bricks that life throws at you to build the foundation, okay? Just do that. You know, don't, don't forget you're extraordinary and we are part of an extraordinary God and we are going to do extraordinary things because he's given us the strength, he's sent us, and he's with us. That's it.